Welcome to the Health in Motion podcast. I'm your host, Evie Takis. I'm a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner who loves to help people achieve their wellness goals they once thought were impossible to reach. I am the owner of Holistically Restored, and through my coaching practice, I have been able to guide my clients through their own health journeys and teach them to truly understand their body. With a focus on hormone, thyroid, and weight management, I strive to instill the knowledge, confidence, and encouragement everyone deserves. If you enjoy this content, I'd love for you to subscribe and also leave a review on Apple Podcast. Please tell your friends, family, or anyone who is curious about bettering themselves in a holistic way. The more, the merrier. Please keep in mind this podcast is created for educational purposes only and is not to be taken as medical advice. I am so happy you're here and ready to learn. Let's do it. Welcome back to the Health Emotion Podcast. I'm super excited to go into today's topic. This is going to be an extension of the previous two episodes that I've had, which episode 75 is the effects of hormonal birth control. And episode 76 is how to talk to your physician about getting off of hormonal birth control. So if you haven't listened to those, those are going to be kind of the precursors to understanding essentially why I'm having this conversation today. Um, But I just want to get this information out to you in bite sized bits, something that you know, you can take away and start to implement and start to get curious around what's best for you, because ultimately, it is your choice. Um, I just want to present this information to you. And it's been really cool because especially on Instagram, I've had people message me like, Hey, I've, I've been thinking about this for a while and this information is really helpful. Thank you so much. So that's been really cool. And I'm glad that this is helpful. That's obviously the biggest reason why I do this, um, is to get this information out there and hopefully have it be useful for you. So I do recommend again, if you haven't listened to those, check those out. They're about 20-ish minute episodes and um, full of some good information and some things to think about with you coming off of hormonal birth control. I also want to share that it's been really cool um, that I've been off hormonal birth control now for five years. I can officially say that. So that's been pretty freaking cool to think about the the experience that I had coming off of it and really um, what that has been like for me. So Uh, my personal experience, I'm actually going to be going over in another podcast episode. So be sure to listen to that one to hear my personal experience with it. um, Because I think it's been something I can confidently say it has been life changing for me. So that feels pretty cool. But anyways, let's get to today's topic, which I want to go over what is considered and technically called uh, post birth control syndrome. So this is basically what happens when you, what can happen when you get off of birth control and this is a way that you can support your body um so that's what i want to really focus in on because i don't want to focus in on like oh what could go wrong or like you know things that could you know be messed up when you get off birth control in my experience as a practitioner i don't see many issues happening like yes there are going to be some imbalances and things that we need to support but overall people do really well coming off of it um it's more of like the anxiety of coming off that gets people kind of like Uh, off balance, if you will. But in terms of like physically, there's things that yeah, might be a little bit off or need adjusting, but it's nothing that's been too, too crazy that hasn't been able to be managed with the things that we do in our protocols and work on with clients. So um, again, this is technically there's a term post birth control syndrome which is going to be symptoms that arise about four to six months after getting off of hormonal birth control. And these can be, you know, this ranges from not getting your period back to just having some acne or maybe some hair loss. So 
again, this isn't something that like is going to be super detrimental or super um, problematic for everybody, but it is something that, again, if you have some symptoms of that, um, that's pretty common and I would say even a little bit of normal. Um, so for me, when I got off of birth control, I experienced some of these symptoms for about six to eight months. Um, I was on birth control for 10 years. And so a general rule of thumb for getting off of birth control and having symptoms kind of relieve themselves is for every year that you've been on birth control, you can expect that many months for your body to regulate. I do think that that's pretty on par with a lot of the clients that I see. And again, for me, I was on it for 10 years. I'd say around month eight, I started to really feel like I was coming into my own again. Um, not to say that it was like hellish eight months up until that point. It was just more of like, yeah, I'd have a little bit more acne or like I was still figuring out my cycle. Like my temperature wasn't completely regulated like I thought it would be. So those things happen too. But for the most part, again, I, I would say that was a pretty accurate for where what I'm experiencing. Um, so different symptoms of post birth control syndrome might be again, acne might have some rosacea, some cystic acne, amenorrhea, which is going to be loss of menstruation, um, maybe some issues with blood sugar, maybe some mood disorders like depression, anxiety, maybe you have some gut stuff going on changes in your bowels or maybe bloating, things like that. Uh, maybe with your period, if you do end up having your period, uh, maybe you're having some changes in that. So maybe a little bit heavier flow or longer cycles. Um, maybe you're experiencing some inflammation somewhere else. Um, hair loss is a big one. Having some, um, you know, different like like headaches and migraines, those types of things pop up. Again, it's something that is very real, um, but it's also something that is absolutely able to be worked through. So I don't share any of that to freak you out. I share it to just say like, yeah, hey, these things can happen, um, but there are also some things that you can work through as well. So um, with that being said, I want to talk about what do you do to support your body when you get off of the pill or hormonal birth control in general, right? Um, there's kind of these, you know, four to five main categories that I focus in on, and that's going to be looking at restoring your nutrients. So diet is going to be really key. Um, looking at any hormonal imbalance that you might have now. So again, if you were put on the pill or, you know, put an IUD in to work on, you know, hormonal imbalance, that most likely didn't go away just because you got put on the pill. Again, that's a Band-Aid. So really looking at root cause is going to be important. So getting another look at your hormones is important. Um, and if you're someone who knows about the Dutch test, which is the hormone test that I use, it's an at-home saliva and urine test um, that I use with clients, um, just reference, you're going to need to be, you need to have three cycles before you can test with the Dutch so if you get off the birth control pill in February, you can't technically, I mean, you can if you wanted, it wouldn't be smart to test in May or sorry, March. You would want to wait until three months after that um, just to get at least three cycles of your body kind of regulating on its own follicle time. Follicle lifespan is 90 days as well, which is another reason why they do that. Um, so again, kind of the five things, looking at your nutrients, so getting diet in check, making sure that you're really focusing in on whole foods, making sure that you're focusing in on uh, fiber rich foods to support detoxification, identifying your hormone imbalance, healing your gut. And that is such a broad term. And like, I, I hate that I even have to say that in that such broad ways, but it's impossible to go into the details when I don't even know what's going on with you. But really looking at the gut microbiome, because the gut is really foundation to healthy hormones as well. And I see that a lot in my stool tests that I do with clients is, you know, we'll do a hormone test and it's like, okay, great. We have this going on, but 
ultimately we're going to have to work on your gut as well. And so that's something that, again, is going to be really key when you come off of um, hormonal birth control. Also looking at supporting your body's natural ability to detox. And what I mean by that is it, detox is always kind of taken like, it's always with like a pinch of salt because I think people overuse the term and they use it in inappropriate settings, but our body does, yes, naturally detox. We have our detox pathways. We have, you know, our organs and things like that, that detox. Um, but they do need support because we are inundated with toxins all the time. And so they do need support from time to time. So supporting that natural hormone detox is important. And that's primarily going to be looking at the liver. Um, and then also looking at metabolic repair. So again, blood sugars, re um, regulation, looking at, you know, are you exercising? Are you doing the right type of exercise for yourself? How's your uh, cortisol levels? Those sorts of things. And if that sounds overwhelming and it's like, well, gosh, I don't even know where to start. That's so many things. One, that's why I exist. <laughs> that's one of the reasons that I exist, I guess. And two, um, it's a way that um, these are things that are absolutely able to be worked on, right? This is not something that's like impossible. This is not a gigantic medical mystery most of the time. So we'll start by talking about the nutrients part and what to do for that. So as we talked about in the previous episodes, when you're taking birth control pills specifically, it does deplete the body of key nutrients. So it's going to be depleting you of folate, which is really important for fetal development, which is kind of ironic. Um, other ones are going to be B12, B2, B6, selenium, which is important for your thyroid, vitamin E, vitamin C. So those are things that we know or get depleted by birth control pill. So yes, you can absolutely go in and supplement that. But in my opinion, it's like, why not try and get that from whole foods first and see how that works? So I would do a variety of vegetables. And the way that I handle this personally is or what I was doing when I was getting off of the pill was every week when I'd go to the grocery store, I would pick one new vegetable to try. Um, and most of the time it was something that I'd never tried or never had, or if it was something that like I've had before, but I've only had it in one way. So like I've only roasted it, then I got it and I would saute it or I would steam it. And so just a different way to cook. And that got me a little bit more excited to try new vegetables and to incorporate more of those things because it gave me a fun little challenge. And it wasn't just like the same thing over and over again in which I didn't enjoy. Um, so variety of those Another cue for getting more veggies and fruits is, hey, how many colors are on your plate? You know, can we add two more colors to your plate, right? If you're just having chicken, rice and broccoli, you've got basically two colors on there. Can we add two more? Can we get some red peppers on there? Can we get some purple cabbage, right? Whatever it is. So that's a way that without really having to track or like keep note of everything you're eating, I think that's a really helpful tool is to think about it like that of how colorful can I make my plate? So getting a bunch of different types of veggies in, getting your fruits in there and as well, getting quality fats. Um, so most of the people that listen to this podcast are around my age. So, you know, we're the millennials. Um, and I, I personally, I think a lot of us did, but not everybody um, grew up in a household in the 90s where it was like fat free, everything salt free, everything, right? Because that's what was being driven home for my parents to hear, even though like they also they were from Greece. And so it's like they knew better, but I think they just kind of went with whatever they were hearing here. Um, so like I didn't grow up eating a lot of fat like that I do now. I mean, yes, I had a lot of olive oil and a lot of feta cheese and things like that, but I'm definitely eating a lot more fat now than I did when I was younger at home, just because again, the take home message for everybody at that time of, you know, that time was, you know, no fat, 
fat-free, salt-free, those types of things. But quality fats is so important. Fat is a precursor to making sex hormones. And so when I have a new client come in and we talk about diet and what they're currently eating, and if I'm not hearing a lot of fat in their diet, that to me is kind of like, okay, I'm putting these puzzle pieces together of you don't have a lot of precursors to making sex hormones. So that might be why your hormones are on the low side. So quality fat, super important. Also really great for getting pregnant. Um, Wild caught fish is going to be great. It's got those omegas in there. Grass fed meats is going to be good. If you can do organ meats, that's even better. And I know that kind of sounds weird for some people and it did for me for a while. Um, But if you think about it, you know, our ancestors were not wasting any part of the animal. Uh, One out of necessity, right? They just, they couldn't do that. They couldn't afford to not eat every part of it because one was the next time they were going to get an animal like that or get that much meat. Um, And two, I think they just kind of knew like there's a lot of health benefits to this. So um, I've kind of adopted that mindset now of trying not to waste any part of the animal if I don't have to and getting um, eating organ meat. So I it's not like I chop up liver and like cook it like that. I'm not at that point. Um, I'd probably eat it if someone else prepared it for me, but I'm not going to do that right now. So what I've been doing is doing the brain is called force of nature. And you can find them in, I actually know that they're in Meyer now. They're in Whole Foods, obviously. Um, they're typically going to be in the frozen section. But these are meats that are re- from a regenerative farm, which we've talked about that in an episode on here before. And they also, not just regenerative farming, but they have organ meat blends. So I do the ancestral blend, which has beef, liver, heart, and it's also ground beef. So it's nice. It's mixed in there because... I don't really taste a difference. I know some people say they can. I personally don't think it tastes like weird, but yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of a different taste to it, um, but it's definitely tolerable and palatable and I like it. I eat, I cook it just like any other ground meat. So I've been doing that to get some more organ meat in for myself personally. Um, and if you're listening to this and you're like, but I'm vegan or vegetarian, then I would really focus in on getting protein in with a a different amount of amino acids. Um, so really focusing on however you can get those amino acids in is important. And yes, you can supplement those as well. Um, but that's gonna be really big for diet wise, right? Focusing in on whole foods, looking at this of like, is this actually real food or is this coming from a package that has an ingredient list, the size of a CVS receipt? That's a big thing to consider, too, is that, you know, sometimes we think that, oh, well, these chips are made from cauliflower. And it's like, okay, yeah, but what else is in there? And is that really the best option for us right now? So, again, Whole Foods is going to be a big, big priority for you when you're getting off of the pill or any other sort of hormonal birth control. The second thing I said was talking about any sort of hormonal imbalance. So, again, you might have been put on hormonal birth control to fix, and I'm using air quotes, fix your hormones. Um, But that's where it's like, that's just a bandaid. It's not getting to the root cause. So working with a practitioner is really important because you can test to see, well, what's going on? Like, do I really have high estrogen or do I really have high testosterone or, you know, how, what's my cortisol look like? What does my insulin look like? Those are all going to be really important things to consider as well. And again, for me personally, what I use with my business is I use the Dutch test when it comes to hormones. Um, we can definitely look at serum as well, but Dutch is something that I'm, I usually, I use a lot because I do like the data that I get from that and it's very applicable and it seems to be very um, digestible for people too, who aren't trained to look at it. So I like using that, but from there we get to see like, oh, look, you have low androgens, for example. Well, that might be due to, you know, X, Y, or Z. So let's take a look at that. So it's really great to be able to look at root cause and work on that from that perspective. Um, Because again, you're not going to 
you're not going to get the desired outcome if you don't actually address that because then you're just going to still have the same symptoms that you did as when you did get on the pill if you got on the pill for those types of symptoms. So I'll look at that, making sure that, again, your hormones are moving in the way that they should be and that you're ovulating, you're making progesterone. We've talked about how important those things are. And so assessing that is also very important. But again, keep in mind that when it comes to the timing of testing these things, you want to make sure that you're doing it after having at least three cycles off of hormonal birth control. The next thing I want to go over is healing the gut. And again, it's I feel like it makes me cringe even saying that because it's like, oh, how, how do you even do that? That's so, it's just so, uh, so involved of a response. Um, but we do know that hormonal birth controls, um, especially birth control pills, they may disrupt the gut flora. And so that's going to create an environment where things like opportunistic bacteria, which are kind of like those bad guys, the bullies on the playground, they could come in and make your gut you know, a wreck. So we don't want that. It can lead to bacterial overgrowth, yeast overgrowth, things like that, leaky gut. So we want to make sure that we're working on the gut as well, because again, that's going to be a really good precursor to having healthy hormones. So because of that, that's where, again, you can try and do these things that you see online. Like people will be like, oh, I'm going to start taking a probiotic. That's great. However, there's so many different types of strains and bacteria and probiotics. And you know, you got to really figure out which one works for you. And I'm not saying that you have to do a stool test. I mean, yes, I think it's beneficial. And I think it's, it'll save you a lot of time and money in the long run, if you actually get to the bottom of that. But I do think that trying to look at what is causing this dysbiosis, and how do I support my gut in this way is important. We talked about diet, the same things I said about diet apply to your gut as well. I also think we have to look at how the gut is able to recycle and get rid of estrogen. So there's a marker on the stool test that I use that helps us look at if you're able to detoxify excess estrogen. So sometimes someone will have hormonal issue because their gut is not in order, right? So those are, again, those are things that when you work with a practitioner, you get to actually see and understand a little bit more. Um, and again, just working on like, if there is any overgrowth of bacteria, well, what can you do about that? And is that driving some of your symptoms? And if you get to the root cause of that, are you then going to feel better, have more energy to take care of yourself and do the all, all the other things that you have to do as well? So there's a lot of, again, there's a lot of ways to support your body with gut healing that cannot be possibly explained in this episode when we're talking about how to support yourself getting off of hormonal birth control. But I did want to make a note of that that healing the gut is going to be a part of that as well. And it's what I focus in on with clients. Um, you know, if you're thinking like, well, what are some of the things that I could do? Again, probiotics can be great. I think that's really hard to give recommendations when I don't know you and I don't know your situation. Most of the probiotics in stores, I'm not going to recommend to you. Um, I use a um, practitioner only, a, a practitioner dispensary where I recommend those to clients. So a lot of great companies are on there. Um, but again, a lot of ones that you see in store, I'm not going to be super thrilled about, but other supplements that could be helpful for the gut are going to be things like, uh, chamomile, um, aloe is good. Things like, um, inositol is going to be good. Glutamine is really helpful. Zinc is really great. So those are some things just off the top of my head that can be really helpful for people coming off of um, birth control to start working on their gut as well. And then the last thing I mentioned was 
really supporting your detox pathways, which again, the body does detox and it does have its natural way of doing that. Um, so really wanting to support that is important because it helps remove excess hormones from the body. So this is why it's really important to do that because it'll get rid of um, excess estrogen and things like that. So when we're talking about detox, one of the big organs that we're talking about is liver. So the liver is really important because when it comes to detoxification of estrogen, it actually helps get rid of excess estrogen. So if you think of a bathtub that has a, um, a drain and it's got the faucet leading into it. So your liver can be considered to be the bathtub. And the faucet that pours into the bathtub is basically like food you eat and uh, toxins that you're in contact with through products you're using or en environmental toxins, things like that. And the drain is going to be um, how well your liver is able to get rid of the, uh, the toxins. So you want to make sure that the drain is opened. So that's why we want to work on supporting the liver because that's going to help flush out excess estrogen and other toxins in your body. So it is something that's very important to do. Um, and there's different ways to do that. Like one thing, for example, that I think most people will be fine to do and based on this recommendation is sipping on some roasted dandelion root tea is actually really great. It stimulates the liver. It's a diuretic. It can help with bloating. Um, that's a really easy, tangible thing for people to do when they're just getting started out. Um, and there's other things to do as well. Like it's not just about getting rid of things, but my question is always, well, what's coming out of the faucet, right? So looking at products that you're using, looking at, you know, are you using things that have phthalates or sulfates or parabens? And we have an episode from, gosh, one of the first episodes that's ever been recorded on this podcast. We talked about that. And so it's important to think about that as well. If it's not just about what you're able to get rid of, but what are you actually putting in your body that could be contributing to some of this toxic overload? So liver function and supporting the liver is going to be really important as well. Um, so things to eat to support the liver are going to be beets, carrots, like I said, dandelion is going to be great, broccoli, cauliflower, broccoli sprouts. Those are going to be cruciferous vegetables. Um, so cruciferous vegetables are really great at pulling out excess estrogen. So those are going to be always recommended for clients when we see that they have high levels of estrogen. Um, so those are like big things as well. Collagen can be really great. Um, juicing can be helpful too on some people digestion wise, but there's a whole array of things, right? And I'm just trying to give you some things that you can at least take and use and, and run with to start uh, playing around with. So um, in terms of your metabolism, like we talked about, you're going to want to make sure that you are working on in lowering inflammation because birth control can increase inflammation and you can get that tested through a CRP blood test. Um, it's also going to potentially contribute to insulin resistance and increased triglycerides. Um, so working on um, getting your metabolism back in check is going to be important. Looking at blood sugar stabilization is really key as well. So there's a lot of different ways to go about that. And if you're if you're listening to all this and you're like, oh my God, there's just so many things. Like, where do I start? I don't want this to be overwhelming. I want this to be informative of like, hey, there's actually options. That's how I want you to take this of like, instead of being like, great, well, now I don't even know what to do or there's just too much. There's options, right? Because you might not need to go super hard on the liver stuff or you might not need to go super hard on, you know, maybe you don't have high CRP and, you know, inflammation marker, but it's just something to be aware of, of like, okay, like maybe I can try that or maybe I can try that or you know what? I can at least start with the diet. I can at least start with what I'm putting in my mouth, what I am working on and what foods I'm eating and what I'm 
bringing home from the store, right? Those are all controllables that you have at your disposal now that you can work on. And then the other stuff in terms of testing, that can come when and if it's appropriate, right? Work with a practitioner who knows what they're doing. Um, you know, meet with people and hear their stories. I have a podcast episode with my former client, Jenna. It was episode 74. She talks about her um, experience coming off of hormonal birth control. Listen to that one. I think it's really important and helpful to hear from other people who have been through something similar to you. Um, and that's what I'm hoping to sh achieve by sharing those types of stories. So again, there are things that are in your control right now that you can do. And then the other fancier, like more, you know, uh, intensive things are definitely things that you can work on um, with a practitioner when and if that time comes. So I hope this was helpful. Again, not overwhelming, but helpful enough to be like, okay, great. Now I know like there's different directions I can go to support my body. If you have any questions or want to talk further about this, this is stuff that I do with my clients. So I do offer free consultations. You can schedule that at the link in the show notes below. And I look forward to talking to you and hearing how you're doing, how you're supporting yourself. Keep reaching out to me. I love connecting with you over this podcast. And thank you so much for sharing this with other people. I hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I so appreciate your interest in holistic health and hope you learned something you can apply to your own life. References from this episode are linked in the show notes, as well as links to find me, Evie, on social media platforms. If you'd like to learn more about services from Holistically Restored, click on the link in the show notes. I'd love to hear from you. If you enjoyed this content, I encourage you to subscribe and also leave a review on Apple Podcast. Until next time, be well, my friends.